It is Friday the 30th of November 2018 and this is episode 345 of Digital Outbox. Five, six, seven, eight. Hello, Ian. I've only just noticed it was three, four, five. I wish we'd started at three forty-five now. Oh, it would have been almost perfect. But we that would have late. been awesome. We are late. I am Chris, yeah, and Ian's here, as you've already heard. Um, could be, could be the last podcast for the year, but it depends if anything else pops up, really, because quite often the news dies down after all the Cyber Monday shenanigans. Um, but, but I guess we'll leave it open. Yeah, I remember one year saying that's us done. And then there was a, a a megaton of stuff came in. Yep. So that's just... and, and then I don't know what happened. <laughs> we couldn't be asked. So we just delete it all. <laughs> you don't need to know that stuff at the end of the year. You're it's Christmas. on Christmas anyway. All righty. So let's start with uh, 5G, shall we? Um, EE. 5G EE. Um, six cities are going to have the first uh, faster 5G mobile networks rolled out. Uh, London, Cardiff, Edinburgh, Belfast, Birmingham and Manchester by mid-2019. Glasgow not on that list and that's very rare nowadays. Uh, yeah, so we're on the... Another 10 cities will get it, um, but we'll get it as well and we're on that list. Um, but you're the follow-up and you're not... And It's not been the follow-up. You've been quite high up the list of cities that get all these things first. Yeah, what they're saying is it's based on usage. So, so clearly... You know, so I'm not obviously London's not a surprise, and I guess Birmingham, Manchester are bigger cities. Just surprised at Cardiff, um, mm. Edinburgh, Belfast. So Edinburgh is a smaller city than Glasgow, but whether because of you know Scottish Parliament and the airport's busier, and you know it's just you know maybe they're getting more more data usage or more traffic. Are we going to is is mobile data or you know this you know. Oh, is this going to be the the actual data that we all end up using in the future, rather than hard hardwired infrastructure? I think it depends where you are. So, I've, so when I I get a really good four G speed, mm. you know, it's it's like it's been a wee while since I've done a test, but it was like you know eighty down and something like fifty or sixty up. So that's pretty spectacular speed, really. Yeah, I mean the ping rate on it's poor, and and mm. that's something I think the the kind of five G was supposed to try and address that kind of. I'm assuming nope. 5G is much more like Wi-Fi rather than the old traditional mobile kind of data network. I don't really know the technology, but I'm assuming it's getting into that kind of realm. I think so. I think speed-wise, they're saying it's a, a jump up in speed again. But it's the, the, what they're talking about is that it's the kind of they've said it's responsiveness. So you know your pings a lot more responsive. So rather than a you know a, a 30, 40, 60, 80 ping, mm. and you know it takes a while to actually kick in. They're saying with 5G, it's a lot more. It's like it's there and just waiting for you to go. Boom. So much more like, I guess it's it's the transition from being where you're using cellular, which is designed around communication for then like these data networks. Um, of course, the voice networks using for data. Now we're getting to the situation where they, they know that data is the key thing. So they, they can engineer specifically for just data. Um, but yeah, okay. I mean, this is all exciting. I'm not even on 4G yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess for me, you know, home home infrastructure seems more sensible. Um, but you know, maybe in the future that if it, you know these speeds that they're quoting, what kind of speeds are they quoting now for five G? They're not they're not committing to speeds. So all, all the all they're saying is they could 
Um, they, they could transmit data speeds faster than 10 gigabits per second. Wow. Well, okay. um, and that's right. on the E network. And they're talking about it's faster than you've got now, um, but they're not. I wonder guaranteed. whether this is really 4G.5. I don't know. Does it does it involve new hardware and, and new technology, or are they optimizing a bit like they optimize all the no, copper wires no, and stuff? It's it's, new, okay. It is new. It's, it's new, like new towers, new technology. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just jumping on to see what people are talking around about speed wise. So what they're saying is 3G was 384k. What they're saying 4G can go up to 100 meg, and 5G they're saying can go up to 10 gig. Wow. So so it's definitely a you know, it's like a, a significant change. boost, yes. Um, but as I said, I think it's that for me, it's definitely that you know latency to drop. So the latency, um, there's a, a a good example here. So 3G is 60, and that's what they're saying. You know, 60 milliseconds is, yep. is the actual. 4G is 50, and the theoretical for 5G is one. Yeah, okay. Um, and so, so it really is coming down to proper internal network type speeds, where yeah. you know we're, you know, you'd be lucky on a to get 10 you know um 10 milliseconds on a sort of hardwired in, you know console at the moment you know that kind of yeah. thing yeah and the example the example on this page which is a 5g.co.uk which i think is just an industry page because it talks about what all the different companies are doing and mm-hmm. um, they said ee showcased and um, the kind of first 4g network and it was download speeds of 750 um you know megabits per second and upload of 110 um, and that was at wembley stadium um, it's testing 5G at Canary Wharf and it's getting speeds of 1.3 gig. You know, so it's a it's a definite step up. Well, yeah, yeah. And it, again, at the moment, maybe we don't have the need for that kind of data movement, but the the options that it opens up again are pretty pretty stellar. When you think of everybody live streaming now and the way mm. the way things have changed around, you know, just you know, people, you know, there's, a, there's an instant, there's a news thing, and somebody's just going, I'll stream it. All of and it's, and it's all the kind of map data and mapping data that all just gets streamed down now, rather than you know just all the things you don't really think about anymore. Um, whereas you used to have TomTom, where you had to download your maps and you know download the latest updates and all those things. All that kind of th- happens seamlessly via these data networks. Yeah, and I, and I think it'll be interesting because none of the handsets support it right now. You mm-hmm. know, so there's a there's a bit of chicken and egg with these things. Yeah. Right? Oh, they're all there's lots of rumors already seeing Apple's you know new phones next year. Um, won't support it. They're looking at 2020 before they support mm-hmm. just to let standards settle and they're there be actual, you know, actual, you know, a network there. And they don't want things like antenna gate and stuff like that, which who knows what other <laughs> issues they're going to have, you know, because they, they do tend to like, you know, effectively they do wait almost that little period longer than the the early adopters. You, you tend to see a, a Samsung come out first, don't you, that, you know, wallops at home, but then Apple seem to nail it on the head when they get it, when they get around to it. And no doubt first year will be a premium in price. Of course, <laughs> of course. They can't, I mean, <clears throat> ultimately they can't, um, cannibalize their other services, so it has to be a hike in price to to make sure that it's you know it's a sensible thing. Even if it doesn't cost them any more money, they're still going to do I'm, it. Well, I'm sure it caught. I'm sure it smooths out demand as well. Yeah, you know, so. Google has given the Pixel camera a a bump in performance, and they've done this via a software uh, increase. So the Pixel Three camera has had a software update, and now its nighttime uh, modes are boosted quite spectacularly according to you know the reviews and from the pictures that i've seen it's pretty special stuff it's it's amazing and um this this landed on pixel 2 and pixel 3 okay. so so very very well played for google actually doing a an update and actually bringing it to their older camera as well um the the difference um comparing i guess it 
post and pre, pre and post update, I always got that wrong around, um, was really quite special. And then comparing it to, you know, Galaxies, comparing it to iPhones, you know, it just blows things out of the water. Um, and it just, it, and some 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 people said, oh, it's a very artificial picture, especially outside, because you were basically, you took a picture outside and the sky looked blue, even mm. though it was pitch black. Which, but, I mean, if you ever do a time-lapse photo on, you know, or so, not time-lapse, on uh, long exposure photo the sky is still kind of blue when you you know you're looking unless you're in like a city where it's orange where it's orange <laughs> um so this is called night sight and it, uh, looking into how it actually does it it's it's it kind of intelligently interprets the scene it's constantly looking at what it's looking at to see what's moving and what's not and then it makes them you know identifies uh, what kind of exposure if you're if you're hand holding your phone it's obviously going to do shorter exposures but it does more of them so you can hold the camera up and it might take six seconds to take the photo but apparently the, the photo it does take is pretty pretty awesome yeah and and we, we talked about it um with when when the pixel was talked around and, and the iphone you know when we talked about the new phones um it's software's eating what was traditionally a hardware thing mm. you know you'd had to buy a new phone to get better camera features or you need or even if i, if I look at all the photography stuff i've got if i want to do something more it's usually it's a new camera with these new features and here's something, you know, the, the software is, is totally Here's software and intelligence this. working to improve what's already there, yeah. And I, in, I think it's largely accepted that the Pixel, photo, uh, the Pixel camera is one of the best ones out there. And, and this obviously moves it even further ahead. Um, and it's, I guess it's been noticeable for me that the iPhone hasn't been focused. You know, it went through a stage of focusing on the camera and selling that as its big selling point. I think even the iPhone at the moment or Apple have accepted that they're not quite the market leaders there at the moment. I'm sure they'll come out with something um, to counter that because the phone on your the the camera on your phone is 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 an important part of your buying decision nowadays. Yeah, they brought they were one of the first to do these kind of portrait modes and try mm-hmm. to you know say we don't you know we can you know the dual cameras we can do these things i know samsung's been doing it but it didn't quite yeah. nail it and pixel was doing it and it was some people said it was okay then the pixel 2 came along and it was like wow that mm-hmm. is that it, and i thought it was a far better picture um, and this year's iphones and i don't know if it was fixed in the latest update there's almost like a, a smoothness there's almost like a no, it was almost like doing a kind of. Are they doing the uh, the thing. filtering things? Yeah, uh, and it was like that. That actually looks a bit false compared mm. to what I thought was a far more accurate and you know more color accurate looking Pixel Three picture. It just looked amazing. And I guess one of the downsides of having these multiple exposure images, where they layer images to get the kind of pixel information, is the fact that any movement will add that softness, mm. and you know you will lose that texture on your skin. I mean, obviously, some. You know, there seems like some camera apps deliberately soften everyone's faces to make them look younger, like you say. But um, I think that's almost a byproduct now of of these multiple exposures all being added added together for an image. There you go. Um, Good bump if you're on a Pixel 2 or Pixel 3. Um, Another EE story, uh, along with Virgin Media, they've been fined um, £13.3 million for overcharging customers. These are customers who decided they would uh, end their contracts with them early. They all have these penalty clauses, but apparently, um, according to the regulators, they charged them too much and it was, uh, you know, and they've come down on them pretty hard, basically. Um, I think he he accepted it. He he accepted it, but um, Virgin, I think, are uh, disagreeing and saying, nope, we didn't. We may have done it for a small number of customers accidentally, but this fine is disproportionate. Mm. Uh, yes, so you're right. Virgin are appealing. Um, EE have just went, yep, fair cop. 
Um, mm. Because the... I, I think I, it came down to a percentage that was in the contract when they signed it, and that had since been changed, and yeah. and, and they they charged the, even the people that signed the original contract with the higher amount. Yeah, so so Virgin were fined, you know, seven million, um, and also I think you know they didn't, you know, it's a small one, it's twenty five grand because they didn't, you know, the, the the regulator asked for information, it was incomplete, but also it only affected for Virgin it was eighty two thousand customers, whereas for EE it was. Um, Four hundred thousand customers. So I think there was they were charging. You know, the overcharge was less. Mm. You know, per customer. Um, but but Virgin strongly disagrees, and they will definitely be appealing. That that, that additional twenty five thousand for providing incomplete uh, information to the regulator. That's got a bit of a stink to it, though, doesn't it? it? It sounds very much like they held information back, which the regulator since found out, and then said, "Why didn't you hand that over?" And they had no excuse. And that and that's got a little bit of a smell of, you know, hey not playing by the rules almost and that's yeah not good, absolutely. that's not a good look yeah um, well i mean it's i mean it's offcom found virgin media leveled um, or sorry levied early exit charges that were higher than customers agreed to yeah. which which to me seems wrong and and i know how many henry never read the small print but it's in the small print and then it get changed or they were charged more it seems wrong to me yeah i wonder um, who the poor sod was that actually found it and actually dug into reading yeah. through all that small bit to find out but good on them i mean the reason we have these regulation regulated industries is because either in the past they've proved that they can't um they're not very good at the job of regulating themselves or they take advantage of their strong positions so that's you know that's the reason we have these regulators so not dealing with them when there is an issue is as i say it's, it's not on and, and I think consumer. so. So just maybe we should just close that off. Because what what Virgin are saying is that the decision, and the fine's not justified, as in proportion. Mm. Um, the, the Virgin are saying it was one point five percent of its five million customers um, were mistakenly overcharged. Um, so they 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 reckon if it had been a smaller fine, it would have been. I, and they said that they went quietly. They've reimbursed this by charity donations. Charity. Yeah. Uh, um, which you know, if you're a consumer. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing the amount that you'd actually end up getting back is like a few quid. So it's actually I know, you know. but 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 it's 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 easy for a virgin to turn and say, right, well, you know, we I don't know, we made four hundred grand out of this, um, so, so we'll just give that to charity because uh, they we, probably would have given it to charity anyway. So it's an easy way of them saying that they uh, it yeah. Off. So uh, and instead of you know for the eighty two thousand customers which have been involved, getting in touch with them and working it out, sending it out individually, it would probably cost them double that with all mm. the admin and paperwork. Mm-hmm. So it just feels a bit of a carpet. Indeed. Park Anywhere, electric bike hire launched in Milton Keynes. This is, um, uh, what's the, Lime is the company. And they are due to set, um, these are dockless electric bike um, hire service. So you don't have to return the bikes to a particular location. You are supposed to park them up responsibly. And anyone can basically use the app to unlock and get going on these bikes. They are uh, they are pedal bikes, but they have got an electric motor to, to assist um, with that. And they're kind of, yeah, Milton Keynes apparently is the place that they're going to roll with that one. And I, vandalism just comes to mind. I don't know what, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be the first thing you think about, but this is, this is, looking at the good nature of people to not vandalize these bikes um, which would be very expensive i'm sure and we've seen before that they they do get vandalized uh, even when they've got like docking stations to get returned to so do you see this working uh, yeah. can we be are we are so, we responsible enough so it's one of these i guess i guess if i if i look at where things are going and and, and it's in the news in glasgow recently because yesterday there was a big kind of 
You know, we've got we, we've got a really high percentage of roads in Glasgow compared to cars, and they're talking about you know we need to pedestrianise more and cycle lane more, and 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 we've got Glasgow's got uh you know it, I think it's about two or three hundred um, bikes, if not a bit more, but they're all in docking stations. You know, so it's like you you know you 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 rock up, yep. unlock it, you go to the other docking station, the other side of the city, and dock it again. Um, and I think that makes a lot of sense and has been really popular. Um, I, I, I just think there's something about either whether it's the, the electric scooters that you don't need to put anywhere, you know, the little you know, the small ones or the bikes that just make sense. And, you know, you compare that to, you know, getting in a car and you just look at the, the size and cost of the car compared to I just what you had. You know, so, I, and I'm, so I've got a car. So, you like the, so basically you love the idea of it. I love the idea, and I think vandalism is going to happen, but, but vandalism happens with most things, you know, so it does, my but, car but the might get vandalised tonight. Sure, but the problem with this is that it doesn't, there's not a lot of, you know, it's £1 per 30 minutes of usage, basically, so there's not a great deal of money coming in for what is an effectively quite an expensive item. I don't know how many thousands of pounds a particular bike would cost for them to provision it, but ultimately van, vandalism can dis, to, can make it... Unviable, basically, and untenable, um, very easily. When your own, you know, if only ten people start using these things, it takes you a long time to make, you know, the, make the money back. Um, it's, and then if one of the lights gets destroyed, that might mean you never make the money back. Cause... Yeah, and, and I think we've seen in, in China and also quite a few of the big American cities where they've been flooded with, you know, there's a whole of the competitors around either the scooter or the the bike market, mm. especially around dockless now. It just becomes, you know, regulation hasn't kept up. You know, it's just like, you know companies have just rocked, rocked up you know here's dumped you know, a load of product and yeah <laughs> off you, and, then, and then they've got one contractor that's you know basically charging all these bikes mm. um and and they're they're making some of them are making money some but it feels like it's all a rush to a bottom to try and establish it's a bit like uber you know we'll, yep. we'll continually make lots of losses but we'll be the only player yeah um right. I, I think there's, there's, there is something there's something about whether it's electric bikes or bikes or you know the little you know scooters, there's something about that, um, and just the, the car market changing. I think that we're going to see. It's almost I almost feel like a generational thing. It's, it feels like our. I'm not saying our generation. It's maybe like the new generation that's coming out of schools, etc. Is that is this is there going to be a tipping point mm. where it's like why are people buying cars? Yeah, what the hell are you doing buying the cars? Yeah, why why don't you you know rent when you need it for like you know a, a shop or you're yep. picking stuff up and the rest of the time why are you not just you know biking walking doing your own thing? Yep, and and I don't know. We'll, we'll time will tell. Time will tell you. I think. And, yep, absolutely. But I still think we're going to see in the news really soon <laughs> vandalized bikes. And... We'll, we'll we'll see vandalized bikes and we'll see people injuring themselves. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's there's you know because. You don't get a cycle helmet, and there'll be people going, "Oh, there's no cycle helmet," and you know and that's yeah. the thing with the scooters; they're going twenty mile an hour, and you basically like just have to say, "I'm over eighteen, pay with a credit card." Woo! And that's your <laughs> your job, yeah. And it's either going to be I fall off it or I crash into somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Zuckerberg's the no-show at a uh, parliamentary hearing. This is a cross-country parliamentary hearing. Um, and they were very disappointed to have some senior engineer from Facebook rather than um, rather than the man himself because they want to they, they need the man himself. Um, not sure why, but they do um, probably because they want to be seen to be berating him. Yes, 
So, so it's been a very strange week. It's been, I guess, it's been it's been strange for for weeks and weeks and weeks. How the so Facebook really slippery slope. You know, there's more mm-hmm. and more coming out about all these dirty dealings that they've been doing that that allegedly the management didn't know about. Then it turns out they might have known about it and all that kind of good stuff. Um, and and so he was asked to appear at hearings, and he's already said he's not. And he's been asked to appear like in a number of you know hearings around the globe. I think he's only appeared at the American one. And yeah. he's he's basically saying I'm not going to any others, but there was like there was there was parliamentarians from Argentina and Canada and all sorts of places in the UK Parliament, and and the, the I get the bit I was surprised about was they actually empty chaired him. They actually had his chair and his <laughs> title, and it's like if you're going to empty chair somebody, then then put a tub of lard there. Follow what have I got news for you? Did and put a tub of lard because there's no point just empty chairing it without you know doing it for fun as well. Uh, so does it show disrespect or does it does it just show that you know do, do you you know if do you have to be on the back and call of politicians if they you know they just want to give you a grilling i mean it's like say it's all been a bit weird recently facebook does seem to be facing a the brunt of the anger towards the changes that social media brings to our society um i guess that's what comes from being the biggest um but equally they you know they're they're being questioned like um you know they are you know <laughs> this terrible entity uh, and you think well politicians aren't very good at keeping their house in order either or you know i just it just feels a bit messy at the moment i don't there doesn't there's a there's a bit of a fight for power going on it seems like um yeah and, and the, the weird bit was um this kind of like the, the parliament sent what a sergeant at arms to some mm. company and got documents through the week it yeah was they like, seized a ton of documents which they've they've not released them but they they've kind of referred briefly to them um, yeah they've, 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 and they were determined not to release them they and were, this was about were, privacy and what facebook have you know what they were doing about privacy and and they reckon these documents contain pertinent information so yeah it was a very very unusual old power that got put in to go and seize these documents um and they would not have been released by facebook because uh, there was no there was no legal demand for them i, I, I don't know the exact uh, way that they put this but there was no strict legal demand but there was a power left which meant that they could be seized um but and, and then they proceeded to be seized yeah, so I mean, it was a, I think it was a, some sort of five hundred year old law, so a rare parliamentary mechanism to compel um, this, this company called Six Four Three to hand over documents, and then they also sent a sergeant at arms to tell with a final warning, a two-hour deadline to comply. Mm. Um, so when they failed to do so, the the, the founder of this firm was escorted to Parliament. <laughs> it yeah. was, um, and and I think it's um, I, there, there's definitely a feeling among some of the parliamentarians that the the tech companies are playing fast and loose around this stuff, and and they have got some power, and they want to exercise it. I think I think the tech companies have, in some respects, been playing fast and loose, but only insofar as they have been innovating and making changes. That then we we've known for a long time that the government haven't been keeping up with this, and they haven't paid attention to it, and they have deliberately ignored it. It's not just that they haven't paid attention to it; they have been told to pay attention to this, and they haven't, um, and they've. They're, they're now, because it's come into the media uh, and, uh, you know, the right people are now talking about it. Of course, the politicians then come on board to make themselves look good and, and be seen to be the ones saying that Facebook are the ones that have played fast and loose. When actually, you know, the government's been happy to, you know, quietly ignore all this stuff going on because they don't want to deal with it. 
Well, they're quite slow. Let's be honest. They're quite, you know, they, they, they by never the time deal with anything. Gets... It's till it's a till it's a big problem, do they? That's the problem. Yeah. So by the time it gets some traction and it starts getting, and then it's back to the what are what are people worrying about? Oh, it's that right? We need to do something. Yeah. 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 Ex- exactly. And as I say, it's, it's only when it gets to the media that they really start paying attention. That's the, that's the only way. Um, Marriott. Um, this is the next in the long line of companies have their data stolen uh half a billion customer data uh has been taken and this includes all the kind of personal stuff that you do when you're reserving a hotel room so it can literally contains you know names addresses telephone numbers it contains passport numbers in occasions and they even said in some situations it's got credit card detail associated with it although they said that's encrypted they also admitted that they have got no um knowledge as to whether the actual bits that they need to decrypt it have also been taken uh, this is something they've discovered in september um but they have um got proof that potentially back in 2014 this all started happening and they reckon on their local systems they've seen you know an encrypted uh, backup copy that you know they can see that someone's been in making copies of stuff to to take away and i am 100% sure as i've said before that the reason that they've been alerted to this is because someone identified their their data on on the black market, you know. Oh, um, I'm pretty sure there'll be something in Pacebin that someone was like, that, oh, that's exactly what. So they've seen, oh, and and they've probably cross matched it against a couple of passwords and say, actually, that's our data, yeah, yeah. And oh, uh, whoopsie! As you say, it's a biggie, you know, just volume and the type of data. So it's not just like your name and an email address. It's like lots of personal it's identifiable all the kind of stuff that you need for online fraud and and it makes yeah. it so easy for someone to put an email together which sounds extremely plausible you know even just you know customer survey from marriott you know just um so th- these are this is covering uh starwood which was a company that marriott took over so they're saying the actual marriott data itself seems to be on a separate network and so is probably not affected by this but starwood is got a lot of um sub kind of um brands under it none of which i particularly recognize so i'm wondering whether this is more u.s data than 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 european but I, i'm not 100 percent on that um it, it is it is mostly u.s but there is canada and uk so there is, there is, there is, so, so it's going to fall under um, GDPR so the W rules. Hotels, St. Regis, Sheraton, Westin, yep. uh, Element, and there are some others as well. But I, So none of those I particularly recognise, but, um, but you know, it's not good anyway, is it? I'm sure they're in for some big fines. Yeah, so there's a few W's in, in, um, uh, in London, yeah, you know, okay. so it's, it's just one of those, it's, it's, It'll be interesting because it falls under GDPR. Um, this this could be the first real big one that where where we see if they actually are going to apply those fines. Yeah, because and... so it's not it's not only the first one that we've got. It's at, it's a ginormous one as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, it, that's half a billion names. I mean, the, you know, so 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 four percent of its annual revenue. Um, can can these databases be protected? I mean, can I'm sure someone like as big as Marriott wouldn't have it. I guess it's they've taken over someone but I wonder whether they are playing fast and loose with data or whether these you know there are just so many clever people out there extracting this data and it almost sounded like someone's got internal access so you know it sounded like someone had access to go and do all this so you know is it almost unrealistic to protect this data are we are we kidding ourselves to think that we we can have this data protected I don't know yeah, and looking at Star, looking at Star Wars revenue, they're talking about six billion a year. Wow! So you know you're looking at a three hundred million fine potentially. Mm. So around that that kind of figure, if they went for maximum. 
Boom. And that's just from Europe. Yeah. Apple Music coming to Amazon um, Echo. This what? Yeah, uh, unusual um, move, I'd say. Um, so, yeah, basically you you will be able to stream your Apple Music stuff onto your Echo devices. Uh, unusual, we say, because actually, you know, Apple, Apple have obviously got a streaming product. Um, they're, what do they call their speaker? I don't know, I can't remember what it's called now. HomePod. HomePod. So they've got that HomePod device, and this is obviously going to chew into some of that. Um, but I, I don't see it as that strange in that it's the it's Apple and Amazon again working against Google. I think that's where it ultimately ends up. I think Amazon have realised they're uh, they're not necessarily going to break the music industry into you know they're not going to beat them into in submission, and, and they're not going to be the winners in this. So bring Apple together with Amazon, and it, it you know shoves two fingers up to Google really, who are Apple's main competitor when it comes to these home devices, or sorry, um, Amazon's main competitor when it comes to these home devices. And that's probably a good shout. The um, so so although Google use sorry not Google although Apple use Google for their for their search, um, their default search engine, you know, across all their iOS devices, and and I know um, Tim Cook got a bit of stick recently around that because it's, it's like if you're so for privacy, why are you why is that the default? And he just it, his answer was because they're the best. And it's like, and but, he's he's quite right. I think if they take them away, it's it's a bit like Maps, isn't it? It's going to go badly. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to this, so so you're right. I'm, Apple have got HomePod, but HomePod's a three hundred fifty quid device. Yep. Um, it's not going to sell the, the the rate that Amazon Echoes have been selling. The, no. Some of the sale rates this week and last week have been phenomenal. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, it's got to its sweet spot, isn't it? Where enough people have heard about it, are using it. To, and then suddenly the Black Friday deals and Cyber Monday deals meant that yeah, just they shifted a lot of product. And, and to show you, so the reason I was like, ooh, is that I, I didn't buy a HomePod um, because although it was you know, 250 quid, but it was a, it's a very loud speaker. Mm. Uh, it's a God of Sound speaker. Um, but I, 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 that's not how I, you know, it's not, I, I'm not into like playing loud music. I'm mid terrace. You know, it's not, not me. Um, yeah. So I've got an and the other bit is I've got an old original Echo which I use for you know podcast playback and a bit of music. But because Apple Music's not there and I'm all in Apple Music, it was like ah oh, it's all right. But my playlists aren't there and all that kind of stuff. So I saw that and it was like oh time to buy a new Echo. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see whether you... it happens because otherwise, if you don't do it tonight, there's no point buying another one for another. <laughs> until January when they put the sales on again. Exactly. Um, and the only thing I need to find out is because I've seen this is going to come the week of December 17th, but for all I know, it's US only. Mm. So I just need to do a bit of digging because yeah, I could definitely. I could, I could buy a new Echo and be like, oh, it's coming in March. <laughs> so, I mean, you're saying that you do, you're not really in the business of a HomePod. Um, there must be a slight bit of you that's quite intrigued by it. Though. I quite like the, the look of the Google device as well. The, I don't know what they call theirs, but it's similar. I do. I did quite like that because I haven't really got a good speaker in in my home. I think if it was, um, as I said, I think I, I think when I've you know I've heard it and I've heard I've heard the volume it goes at and even the sort of low down volumes are loud. It's like right. it's not not really for what for what I do when I'm what I listen loud. I stick some headphones on. Yeah. Um. So that's that's just a bit that put me off. Um. And and yeah, so I've I've actually I've enjoyed using the Echo, you know, for for the things that I've needed to do. It's been like it's spot on. And and the quick bit of googling I was doing just before we started, it was like, should I just get the fifty quid Echo? Should I get the Echo Plus? Then yeah. you look at the Echo Plus and you're like, oh, maybe I should just get a Sonus One. And then <laughs> and then you're like, uh, now you're up to two hundred quid rather than yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I just just need to 
pause. How about we think? Yeah, definitely. But it's a good move. Good move. Xbox One keyboard mouse support has arrived in the November update. Um, and I think Fortnite is going to be the first game that ends up using it. Um, yeah, I mean, since Microsoft played their big accessibility and, you know, being able to play the console however you like. And mouse and keyboard seem to follow on pretty naturally on that. And they, yeah, they've finally done it all these years later. Um, after it's been asked for, uh, they've they've actually yeah, made that move. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's I, I, the reason I'm poisoning this is it's been talked about for so long, and I just mm. I just I just wonder how it's going to impact. I want you know, it takes away the simplicity of what a console is, which is everyone playing the same thing in the same way. Um, now you're getting it's more like a computing device that you can now play however and it, does that affect game development is is what i would wonder and and worry about and are you know shooters going to just come out and say right a bit you know a bit like those accessories when racing games they they released the steering wheel but then most racing games didn't really properly support it and it was you know see so is it going to be they're going to release games for mouse and keyboard only and not really care about the controller anymore now i'm sure microsoft will tell us no that's not the case but you know that these hardcore shooters where the accuracy is key ultimately if you're playing against those players in the same game um you know people are going to have to get a mouse keyboard uh, yeah and, that, and that's my little niggle you've always had uh so so i know you've got the elite controller um for, for some reason I, I i resisted i don't know why i, I haven't it's... used it for a while now actually you know back onto the standard yeah because when you got that i was like oh i should get one and see because like i didn't get one within the first couple of months i was like oh they'll bring a new one out in six months time and, and they, they haven't did. no they didn't which is unusual like i guess because it's already such a big bit of hardware and it widely regarded as a really really good controller and it was very good yeah so so i had a niggle about that um although the stats showed it didn't matter and uh... <laughs> Hey, I'm sure other stats of people could show that it does work. Uh, anyway, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just uh, but the, 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 I just have that little niggle that it's always going to be now in the back of your head that, uh, you know, it's not only it's because I'm old and not only because it's because he's using a <laughs> keyboard mouse. Yeah, yeah. There's always, there. I think they've also said that they will be putting in separation of games so you can yeah. choose not to go and take part in a game that's got a keyboard and mouse. I just, but you know, if a playlist has got zero players on it, then there's nothing for you to play if everyone's got a keyboard and mouse, whether they will or not. It's a bit hard in your lounge to, to end up playing like with a keyboard I, and mouse. I, I just think it's that evolution of of what we what we class the console now. Mm, the console yeah. and the PC are. are really merging and um, computing devices isn't it yeah yeah playstation skipping e3 this news came out i think about a week ago now maybe maybe in a bit longer than that um quite a big move this so they have decided that they are not attending e3 next year um and they haven't really said what they're going to do instead now and then uh, there's obviously then a lot of discussion around well why the heck are they doing this and does it just mean is it because they've got nothing to talk about all those kind of things um and i guess Yes is the answer to that. I mean, E3 is one of those shows that have gone through so many different... They, they kind of go through a boom and bust where the companies spend more and more money presenting and, and working up their big E3 shows and then suddenly it ends up costing them too much so they all say, it's not worth doing that anymore. We'll do just a, a quiet, um, you know, industry-only event and then gradually over time it grows into this massive thing again. So it's a funny sort of boom and bust but it seems like sony are just pulling out just at the time when you think they might be able to kick home an advantage and next year seemed to be the uh so so this year was quite a quiet year you know there was like mm. you know sony 
pretty much admitting, yeah, we're in the final, you know, the final home stretch of of PS4, and you know we've got Last of Us Two and there's Spider Man, but that's really it for for big game exclusives. You know, we're you know there, there's something big coming next. So and and it's the same with Xbox. You know, yeah. there's you know you see Halo Infinite and and a few other things, and you're like, yeah, but you know, although you know, it was so quiet for Xbox before that, actually some of these games feel like it's actually. <laughs> gained a bit of momentum yeah so so it, it felt like next year was going to be the you know so this this year for xbox was like we bought all these studios next year it felt like that everybody's you know they're, they're, they're almost like lining up the chess pieces and next year's going to be the here's our next gen sony mm. device here's our next gen microsoft device whatever, whatever those are and part of me felt like this was sony going yep and we'll we'll decide when we do it we're not going to go we're not going to do it at a timetable that I, that I like in a, an industry, you know, show is forcing us to show our hand at. We are, mm. if we want to show it in April, we'll do it. If we want to show it in December, we'll do it. Yeah. We'll do it at, at our own pace. But that, but it's just a big thing not to have any presence there at all. That's that's, you know, okay, maybe they're not announcing stuff big, and maybe that's what they're worried about. But ultimately, by not being there, that's going to be a story in its own right, and it's, mm. you know. And maybe it does. Maybe it makes people reserved. If, if Microsoft do announce their next gen, uh, does it does it make people then think, well, I'm definitely not going to buy that until I see what PlayStation have got to offer. Um, but but we've seen last few times that the the company that's got out there first into the market and has been the one that's pretty much survived the, that that whole generation ahead. You know, so it happened to Xbox first, and they seem to keep that momentum, and then then PlayStation have definitely taken over momentum this time. Um, although we've seen that, as like I say, I think the feeling is it's switched around a little bit. There's potentially more bigger releases coming out on Xbox at the moment. Arguably, I'd say. Yeah, so I'm still still hopeful that 2019 will be a look, look what's coming. Yeah, but we, <laughs> we'll find out when we find out, because at the moment we don't know when PlayStation is going to tell us. Yeah. We should mention um, Red Dead briefly. Um, it's been I, I've now got to the end of the story, so no spoilers or anything. But I have enjoyed my time um, playing around with Red Dead Two, and you're about halfway through the story, I think. I am. I'm I, unusually for me because c- considering I've never completed a Halo game, never yeah. completed all these different things, so I'm at fifty percent. Still enjoying it, and um, I intend to. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to like complete before I play multiplayer, which no. probably means we'll have a wee game of multiplayer tonight but the um, yeah but the it, but it's i'm actually enjoying it as long as i do like an hour or two and then something else for me i, I pretty much the whole way through it was a, a couple of missions max um, occasionally missions would ch- chain themselves together which sort of drew throughout the game time a bit a little bit longer but but ultimately just little snippets and i have to say that now um, i've completed the main story mission obviously you do get to um you can you can still be in the world and and do your completionist stuff so if you've not done challenges or if you've got to go and find some some side missions or you want to go and hunt or whatever that's all still available but i have to say i'm finding that very empty it's not something that's going to drag me i'm not going to do that completion so if you're playing along i would recommend that you do as much as you want to do on the side of the game because once you get to the end you, you just you doesn't really have that drive to go and do that anymore no but i would thoroughly recommend it it is yeah, uh that's amazing i think really good game you know hooks you in makes you care about you know characters makes you care about what you're doing makes you care about your horse oh yeah god damn it and <laughs> um I, I and and graphically you know stunning audio i've really loved the audio Audio, the the, the whole thing considering it is this open world it is a technical tour de force the 
controller method aside, and I think everyone agrees that that, that is still really pretty rubbishy. Um, the, you know, yeah, it just to be in that environment and feel it's that rich and that realistic, uh, you know, given the scale of the game, you know, people have built small maps before that don't have that sense of immersion. Mm. And this is, you know, this is a whole living world you're in. So, yeah, I just think it's incredible what they've did and what they've done. Um, and again, their concentration on the story means that, you know, someone could actually sit and watch that being played and still find some enjoyment in the story just playing out, you know, like a, like a Western drama, really. And something you mentioned, and, and I've I've kind of been recalling it as I've been playing it. So I think back to like GTA. GTA was always like you know you'd have Liberty City, and 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 you knew like until the bridges you know were opened up that I can't yeah. get to that next bit. Um, and it was in some ways it was just more of the same. It wasn't like it was bigger. It was just different. But the the thing I've noticed, and you you'd said it, is like how the although the world's there, it's kind of unfolding and growing in front of your eyes, and 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 you see that through the game because you're like. Oh, I'm trotting on to the next. Oh, wow. Trotting on to this. Yeah, so it's, it's, they, yeah. they tuck away all these different regions. It's almost like, you know, you take the USA, the, you know, the I guess the um, eastern side of the USA and squish it all up into a smaller area. And that's kind of what they've done. They've managed to get the mountains, then the plains, and then, yeah. and all the different things that you come across through the game. And like I say, they tuck things in corners where you don't really get visibility. When you're going around the mission structure, you sort of stay in your little area. Yep. And then suddenly this whole new area opens up. And they, they do that right until the end. It's... Um, it's very clever how they've done it, and, and bizarrely, the other bit it reminded me of was Forza. So Forza Horizon, and the way that as you talked about squishing it, it's like Forza Horizon. You look at it and go, it just looks like a map, and then you realise as you're driving around, it's like, well, this is so. Here's Edinburgh, and yeah. then I'm, I'm in the Highlands, and then I'm in like kind of like a Midlands area, and then I'm in another. You know, it's like this is really, really fantastic. Yeah, yes, yeah, and it, yeah, so it's mighty clever how these they're, they're doing these in these worlds now, and how they can build them all. I mean, a lot of these worlds are now built by algorithm because it's just too much for a human to 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 actually go and actually physically place all these things. They have to do them, and they kind of organically grow them by our algorithm. So it's incredible if you go and dig into that side of things. If you if you're ever interested, see how they do it. Um, yeah, good job, I'd say. Anyway, yeah. they've got a lot of money for doing it, so <laughs> good on them. Yeah. Um, that's our that's our poddy. So who knows whether it's going to be the last one this year? But if it is, then have a good one. If it's not, then we'll speak to you soon. Um, <laughs> if you want to find out about more what we're doing at the moment, you can digitaloutbox dot com. Uh, you can email us if you want info at digitaloutbox dot com, and we're on Twitter as digitaloutbox. Um, I am on Twitter as cheesy UK. My racing, my motor racing stuff is academyracer.co.uk and then I've also got my running blog, so cheesy dot blog. Um, and I'm just I am raising funds to run the London Marathon next year so if anyone's listening got this far in well done first of all but if you do want to make a a donation anything would be really gratefully received towards Children with Cancer UK and you can actually donate cheesy.blog forward slash donate it would be really appreciated if there's anyone out there Uh, Ian what are you? Uh, bloggersind.net and Twitter is Reaper and um, you you need to get your Instagram in there because yeah we need to we need to put it in the notes because you're gaining a reputation. Some of your photos are utterly stunning. Ah, uh, they're all right. <laughs> you know they're good. Ian Deck underscore photography on the Insta. You should be Glasgow and Scotland's um, tourist board, I think, with the photos you're coming back with at the moment. Ah, uh, not yet. I think they're awesome. Anyway, yeah, it's definitely worth going on that Instagram account uh, and having a, a peek around. It's, it's a lot of people gaining interest in that. 
Cool. All right, then. Speak to you whenever. Yeah, speak to you in the next pod. Yeah, like that, that was the way out. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye. None of this next year nonsense. It's bloody November.